welcome to the Unleashed Podcast, where we believe that life is better when it is lived on purpose. And in the last episode, we talked about uh, just a little introduction on acting like an owner, not an employee, because owners are leaders, and leadership is one's responsibility to live into a new future. And so, like every week, we're going to start off with a fumble moment, which is your favorite moment. Favorite moment. Favorite moment. They really are the best. And so, this week, the fumble moment, we're going to talk about um, a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was a couple months ago at this point, but we had like a whole staff meeting. We were all together (laughs) in staff, and you, our fearless leader, had us do an exercise where you said- It was fun. Come on, let's just- It was a good exercise. It was a lot of fun. It was fun. Our interns were into it. It was, I had a blast. And so you said, okay, what do you, like, this is step-by-step instructions. Write down your current org chart for your ministry. What does it look like? And then you said, what does it need to look like if we grow by 30%? Right. And so we all did that. We all did our own personal ones. And then you had a switch. Caveat. This is the best part. Uh Uh-huh. Right? What, what am we, I missing? What did we do? Oh, and then we had a switch. Oh, you're not missing a thing. Okay, we had a switch with another ministry. And so, like, students got online, online, got kids, all of these things. We all switched around, and then we had to <laughs> rebuild it. Of if we were going to grow by 30%, what did this ministry need? How did they need to restructure their org chart? Yeah. And then we came back together, and you didn't let us present it. And you had to, like, you made us wait so to another good. meeting. And that was the worst because we were all so excited because we all worked so hard. Yeah. And we're like, okay, this is how everyone's going to get better. Yes. And then you couldn't, we couldn't present it, but then at the end of the meeting, someone asked you, what's the point of this? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. What's the why behind it? <laughs> and then you had this realization that we were probably, like, the cart was ahead of the horse at this point, right? <laughs> like, it was like, okay, we are trying to plan for something that maybe we haven't even cast it as a vision for our staff. Right. Or that we haven't even, like, really announced where we're really heading. But we were doing this exercise to back that up. And so we were a little bit ahead of the horse, right? Like, Well, to be fair, I did— draw on the board the natural growth of an organization and a decline. And I said, at the point you reach your peak, mm-hmm. you have to reinvent yourself. Yeah. So it was sharing the why. Hey, we have to reinvent ourselves, right? Yeah. And part of the why was like reinventing ourselves in the future isn't just an addition, mm-hmm. but it's multiplication. It's church planting. Like I think the future, I just think the future is is church planting. Yeah. And then and then somebody asked in the staff, are we allowed to share that vision? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, no, <laughs> because we're still working through our current vision and we haven't set the new one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, which when you think about it, then takes away all of the air, mm. all of the air out of the why behind the exercise mm-hmm. and really the why behind, well, finding new leaders, restructuring mm-hmm. org charts, all mm-hmm. those things. Well, I thought that it was still fun. I thought it was a good exercise, and it gets people thinking ahead and thinking larger scale because sometimes yeah. we get inundated and stuff. And so you might see it as a fumble moment, but I thought it was a good meeting. So. Well, we could do it again once we get the new vision, right? Yeah, that's fair. But everyone has to get a different ministry. <laughs> that's right. No, you can't that's do right. the same ministry right. over again. Right. So, But that was a good time. But what are we talking about today? Yeah, today I want, we are talking about acting like owners, and here's what I want people to know. Leaders who act like owners set the vision. They know how to set a good vision. Why? Because visions inspire people. uh, They propel people. But they also, can I just say it this way? They repel people as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think good visions will pull people in, Mm -hmm. and good visions will also push people away. 
And um, and I think what's at stake so many times is for leaders who don't cast vision who or who don't think vision is important. Uh, what, what they don't understand is that organizations over time will naturally die without a vision. Uh, mm-hmm. Not to bring the Bible into this, but... I'm a pastor, and this is what we do, right? <laughs> there are worse uh, wisdom, things you can bring Let me say this: <laughs> Wisdom literature says, without a vision, the people will perish. Mm. And so one of the things uh, I wrote in my notes was this, dreaming doesn't cost you a dime, but not dreaming will cost you your destiny. This is so important. Dream, not Dreaming doesn't cost you a dime, but not dreaming will cost you your destiny. That's good. And that is the reality of it. Like, without a vision— uh, and, and showing people where they need to go. There isn't a why. There isn't a reason. There isn't an understanding. There's nothing compelling about what you're doing or where you're going. And so vision is extremely important. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, I also think that dreams are more inspiring than problems. Mm-hmm. We know that mm-hmm. naturally. Nobody wants to be drawn into problems, but how often, Molly, <laughs> do you find <laughs> your work week being drawn to problems yeah. and not to dreams? Yeah. Is that just a ministry-specific thing, or is that just an everyone thing? <laughs> I mean, I think it's like every I, hour we're having to remind ourselves to like come up for air. Get, you know, it's just in the business of people and ministry. It's just it's the most beautiful thing that we get to do, and we get invited into the mess. Yep. Um, which is, it's hard to balance that of our responsibility, and also the other hand is the vision casting, and so that's why. I don't covet your job, <laughs> and so you get to stay at this higher level where you keep us pushing forward, and we get to be in the weeds a little bit, and uh-huh. you can push us forward. Yeah, and that's part of it. Like, having a vision pulls you out of the weeds. Yeah. Like, man, uh, um, our job's hard, yes. Uh, I, this is not ministry-specific, but this is— this is uh, if you have a life and you have a job, mm-hmm. like, you understand every day presents problems— uh, every day has weeds. You get caught up in the whirlwind. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like what gets you out of bed and what inspires you is is a compelling vision. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, and that's really the why behind today is that without setting a vision, and this is where we're going in the future, this is kind of heads up to the next two weeks, without setting a vision, you can't set culture and you can't set a team. Mm. Without setting a vision, you don't have culture and you can't set a team because you get to draw people in. And uh, an, an example of this the other day, uh, I was meeting with some leaders from another church who came in and they were just kind of learning how we do things and how we plan and organize services and all this kind of important stuff. And and they're frustrated with where they are, right? Mm-hmm. And and so I said, what's your heart for your church? What do you want to see? And they talked about, oh, we want to we want to reach people outside the church. We want to bring people in. Like we want to, we want growth in our church. We want to see God doing powerful things. And so then I asked them, I said, so tell me what's your, what's your vision statement? Mm. And they said, becoming more like Jesus. <laughs> and, and that it is good to be like Jesus. Yeah. Like I'm not arguing that. Yeah. But I told them, I said, the problem is, is, is that you have an internal focus when you desire an external mission, like you, you are that whole idea of you becoming like Jesus is not a vision that is compelling enough to, to draw the church, to go outside the walls Mm -hmm. and to reach people who don't know him. That's good. And so we had this conversation around vision for quite some time, which Mm -hmm. was pretty exciting. That's good. So when you're in those conversations, what are some of those things that you're telling them on how to like start when it's casting a vision or propelling people to be excited about something like, how do you even start that process? 
I'm going to get to the do's in just a second, okay. but I think this is really important. Like at, at, at Be Hope, we have a mission and a vision. Like we want to be somebody's first church and our vision is to see 1,041 baptisms, right? And we have a, a broader statement that is really a compelling vision. But but one of the things that they got to witness in our planning time together was we were having this discussion, and I know this is a private one, I'm going to share it anyway, our, our worship team and our pastoral team, as we were planning, were having this argument. And it was an argument in front of these leaders who had come to learn from us. <laughs> it was a great argument. Uh, but the worship team is saying, hey, music speaks for itself. And the pastors are saying, no, like we we have to teach people to step into this. And 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 the vision and the why behind all of that is, man, we're a first church church. Mm-hmm. Like we have people coming to this place who don't know what church is like. And they're mm-hmm. some of my favorite people because mm-hmm. they don't have opinions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just come like, well, what do I do next? And so there's this realization of like, like music is important, but but if you aren't, if you aren't teach teaching these people on on what it looks like to step into a place and to worship God and be a people of praise, like like they'll never get there. Mm-hmm. And so the whole argument was, uh, we do this because we're a first church church. Yeah. We do this because we want to see lives changed. Yeah. So every decision that we were making, even though it was an argument, mm-hmm. had everything to do with our vision and our mission. Mm, every good. decision that we were making. That's good. And I'm excited to talk more about that too because it goes back to our conflict and our like coming in hot rules too. And I'm sure we'll talk about that on a yes, podcast yes. soon because there's no emotions when you're talking about that. Like right. that's what you're fighting. Like you're fighting your – like you have to put your ego aside to have those conversations because the mission and vision are too important. Right, but th- that's the reality. Like every argument you have mm-hmm. uh, has emotion to it. Yeah. Every argument you have has personal opinions to it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like everybody comes with their own – uh, preset notions of of what they believe is right, mm-hmm. right? And at the end of the day, uh, as the leader of this organization, I have to make sure that every decision we're making is geared with the vision that we want to see and the mission that has already been given to us. Mm-hmm. So here's what I want to do. Like, I want to give some practical, I just want to give some like practices, uh, things that people can do uh, when it comes to setting the vision. And, and I always say this, number one is you got to start with the end in mind. Start with the end in mind. What do you want to see? And and what is it that you're, you have to dream. Mm. You have to dream about what you envision in the future. I, I One of the examples I give is um, when you, do you put puzzles together? Mm-hmm. I love puzzles. I hate puzzles. Uh, checks out. So. I don't <laughs> Um, it takes a lot of time. There's yeah, no great I purpose. No, I have no patience like, yeah. for this one. The <laughs> like, other day, I was at Grater's Ice Cream. And uh, by the way, I don't know where you are if you have a Grater's, but we all love ice cream. <laughs> and I was checking out, and it said, please be patient and handle with care. And, <laughs> and I just told the lady, I'm like, I am not patient, and I break everything I touch. <laughs> he said, don't hand me an ice cream cone right now. This is great. <laughs> uh, back to puzzles, though. Like, There's this reality, if you're smart when it comes to putting puzzles together, like I've never met anybody who who just dumps all the puzzle pieces out mm. and then just tries to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like what do you do? You set the the picture yep. in front of you as a reference point for how you're going to get yeah. the puzzle put together. Yep. And I think that's a great analogy for when it comes to setting vision. Start with the end of mind. What do you want to see? Mm-hmm. Right? You have to paint that picture. Um if I could say it this way, part of one of the things I'm learning as a leader and this is just just my belief, you you can push back is uh, I don't go into meetings without having a vision for what I want. Mm-hmm. So we've had a couple of meetings over the last, I don't know, two months where um, 
uh, we had an offsite. We mm-hmm. have these offsites once a quarter with our team. And before coming into that meeting, uh, I met with our executive team and I said, here's the one thing that I'm sensing and what I'm feeling. Here's mm-hmm. what I think needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And I gave the one specific thing that I thought needed to happen over that quarter. Now, here's the funny thing. We didn't share that with our entire staff. Mm-hmm. But when we got to the offsite, what I love was that our staff in individual breakouts eventually came up to this, they came to the same conclusion mm-hmm. of the vision that I had set without them even knowing. Yeah. And so part of a leader is I have to know where we're going, but I also want that to be validated by our team. Not always is it validated, mm-hmm. but there's this reality. I know I'm on the right track when I've got a vision and then and then when we as a team can come in yeah. and come to the same conclusion without even having to talk about it. Yeah. Well, what would you have done in that offsite if in the breakout groups we were on a whole other page, but you're like, oh, I have this idea <laughs> of where we want to go. Like, what would you have done? Um, ugh, <laughs> a couple things. Um, one, if I feel strongly about where I know we need to go, yeah, we're gonna go there. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing I, I want to do is I ask, I ask this question: Is there any validity to what they're saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I need to pause in this moment and ask. Um, do I need to pay attention to this reoccurring theme that continually comes up? And, and what do I need to do with it? Do we need to spend some more time with it? Do we need to ask more questions? Like, does this need to become part of the vision or is it the vision, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's just good leadership. Like, if you, want, if you want to be a good leader, you have to know where you're going before you step into the meetings, before you get to next year, before mm-hmm. you get to the next five years. You have to set the vision. And validation comes when your team when your team also can get there as well without mm-hmm. even you sharing that with them, I mm-hmm. think in some ways. Yeah, and I think that that um, because you push us to think uh, ahead and because we have, like, it, that doesn't just happen. We don't just show up and all automatically we're all on the same page. Like, it's like those are practices and things that we do in our meetings and yep. that you push us to do to think more strategically so that yep. when it comes time, like, it's like we still, and we also have this trust in you too that you do listen to us, but at the end of the day, we trust that the like the decision's going to be yours and we trust what you decide. Yeah. And so that is a lot of culture within our staff that allows these meetings to go smoother than I think that they would if we didn't have yeah. that. And I think you make an important point. Like there's this part that if I don't listen to you, then then I, in the end, will not have the trust of the team mm-hmm. to make a decision that at times if I have to make it without them, mm-hmm. uh, like I wouldn't have the trust if we we wouldn't have spent the time listening. Mm-hmm. And I think that's extremely important. Like if you don't spend time listening to your team, if you're going alone and think you, you, you've you got it all together, like, and, and you're just, you're going to make a decision regardless of what people think, I think that's ignorance. Yeah. Yeah. It's just flat out ignorance. But there's this reality when you listen, uh, I think people respect you. And I'll think, I think they'll follow you mm-hmm. even though it may not be the conclusion they came to. Yeah. So step one, start with the end of mind. Extremely important. Step two is I, say, I would say this, uh, create strategic thinking times. Mm-hmm. Create strategic thinking times. Um, one of the things I've tried to do in my calendar and I'm still working at it is I've set specific times in my calendar, uh, weekly, monthly, and quarterly where I'm trying to get away from the noise and I'm just trying to think about, you know, where are we as a team? Mm. The whole SWAT, what are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? What are our opportunities? Um, what are our threats? Those kind of things. Uh, I do that with, with Be Hope. I do that with my family. Mm. Um, I'm asking, how am, I, how am I doing as a father? Like, am I a good husband? I, I work through all these things um, just thinking about 
where can I get better? Mm-hmm. And and how how am is what I'm doing in the fray leading to the vision that I want to see in my life? Mm-hmm. And so I would just encourage you, like, I know it seems crazy, but you have to set strategic times aside to think, literally put it in your calendar, mm-hmm. block it out. I'm going to think at this time. It's so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I was reading a book. I don't remember what book it was, but um, I think it was IBM. Uh, there were these offices where people would just look out the window and somebody came in and observed and they said, you know, all your CEOs do is they sit and they stare out the window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and basically the argument was, well, we would not be where we are if they haven't strategically set time aside to sit and think about where we need to go. And stare out the window. And stare out the window. <laughs> so what yeah. other people saw as uh, a lack of leadership mm-hmm. is actually the thing that took the company where it needed to go at the time. Yeah, <laughs> at the time. At the time. <laughs> That's at fair. The time. Yeah. So strategic ti- times of thinking. Um, I would also, two other just things of caution. Mm-hmm. In your vision, be prepared for pushback. Mm. Be prepared for pushback. Um, I hate that. Yeah, there, as I was talking <laughs> to these leaders uh, about their vision, uh, they started talking about where they were as a church, as an organization, and the pushback that they would get from their people and the culture that has already been set. Mm. And And I basically told them, man, like, as I always say, problems are rich soil for opportunity, mm-hmm. and not everyone is going to like where you need to go. And you just really have to be willing to 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 know it's going to be it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. Some people are going to walk out, step out. Some people are going to be pushed away from the vision. Yeah. But but the other side of that is is when you give a compelling vision, people will be pulled in. Yeah. And so I told them, I said, you need to gather for your vision. You need to gather a team of people who are already saying yes. Mm-hmm. You got to have your yeses with you. Yeah. And what I find is that um, I don't know if I'm getting in this to this too early, but when I before I came to Be Hope, I was part of another organization, and when I came to it, it was struggling. Mm. And there was this reality of I want to be part of something better and great. And instead of counting all the people who were saying no, I'm like, you're with me, you're with me, you're with me. And what we did was we took all the people who were saying yes, the early adopters, and we created a new church, a new culture, and a new place for people. That's fun. And so count your yeses. Yeah. Count the people that are with you because yeah. they'll set the culture in the future. Yeah. Well, that's really good. And how do you know um, if it is just slow for people to catch on to or if it's a bad vision? <laughs> like how long do you wait for people to be compelled by it? Well, I mean, I've, I've seen it broken down in many ways, but there's this reality like it, it's like when new phones come out. You have 10% of people who are going to buy it regardless of the cost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they'll wait in line. Mm-hmm. Um, 10% of people. Then you have 80% of people who are like, they'll get there. It just takes them time. And then you have 10% of people who will never catch on. Mm-hmm. I've seen it that way. There are other ways that people have broken down the the, the movement or phase. But I, I say you have to run with the 10% that you have. Yeah. And once people see that vision coming to life, mm-hmm. uh, people will start to come along. Yeah. No, that's really good. Do you have any final thoughts before we jump into hope or nopes? Yeah, no, just if you want to act like an owner, you have to learn to set the vision for your mm-hmm. people because setting the vision is what will give you the future. That's good stuff. All right. You guys ready? We're ready for hope or nopes? Are hope or ready? nopes? Let's Are do it. Are you ready? Okay, Let's do okay. it. Hope or nope. All right. Um, the Beckham documentary <gasps> that just came out. <sighs> didn't even talk about bend it like Beckham like I feel like that's how I even know who David Beckham is 
Is that been like Beckham movie? Do you know that movie? No. Oh. Oh, there's hope for Beckham. That dude's an absolute <laughs> stud. I watched the whole thing nonstop. Mm. And um, is he your favorite athlete? No. Um, no, but I'm watching the messy one now too. But there's definitely um, hope for David Beckham. That guy. <laughs> you love David Beckham. All we, right. I'm inspired by his looks more than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I want to look like that. How old is he? 50? Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. 50 going on 30. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> That's fair. All right. Um, the next one is Hallmark Christmas movies. Is that a hope nope. or a note for you? That was really quick. You didn't nope. even like think about it. Let it resonate in your mind. Listen, I'm convinced that – never mind. I was going to say something really bad. And then can't. offend more people. Uh-huh, <laughs> I would. I'm not going to do it. It's fine. Um, do you think that Harry Potter movies are Christmas movies? Because I think that they're Christmas movies. Do you watch Harry Potter? Who is Harry Potter? <laughs> this guy. No, no for Hallmark movies. I'm convinced that that'll be purgatory. (laughs) (laughs) If there's a a purgatory, I don't want to get into some theological (laughs) discussions today. But uh, if you're not yes or no, like, Mm -hmm. and you're just in waiting, I think they're going to make you watch Hallmark movies just to— That's fair. All of the— Or baseball games. Four hours of baseball games. (laughs) (laughs) We're losing uh, millennial moms and all baseball (laughs) players right now as our future audience members. All right. um, And you're indifferent about Harry Potter. Uh, sure. If you like him, great. Hope for him, I guess. All right. Uh, for him as a person. Okay. Uh, the next one and last one is Usher as the Super Bowl halftime performer. What are your thoughts oh on that? Oh, my. Hope for sure. Hope. Are you, you kidding me? Do you like Usher? I grew up on Usher. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to sing his song. Oh. Do you know all of his songs? Yeah. He has a good, like, um, repertoire. He I does. don't know. Library. Uh, Here's the question. Usher or John Legend? <sighs> Are you asking me that oh, I'm question? I'm asking you. Um, what if I don't listen to either of them? <laughs> I think I know. You're getting canceled right I now. I think I know. Are you kidding me? If there's anyone my age watching, I'm not getting canceled. I know um, a couple of Usher songs and a couple of John Legend songs, so there's no hill I'm going to die on. What would you choose? I'm old school, always. Usher? Usher. Oh, okay. You think John Legend's more new school? Is it called that? New school? I don't know. Now you're just old. <laughs> That's fair. That checks out. We're hip. Coming from someone born in 1982. <laughs> it's fine. All right. Make sure that you like and subscribe and share this with your friends. And we will see you back next episode. Mm-hmm.